Hey, I'm Matt Simpkins, pastor of Christ South, and this is our podcast. Thanks for listening. I hope this builds you up. I hope this helps you in your faith. I hope this helps you to see God at work. We'll see you at the end of the podcast. All right, so where are my people? This is my people. Where's my people that wake up? Oh, everybody's already my people. Is that right? Come on, son. Where are my people that when you wake up in the morning, you kind of stretch a little bit, maybe hit the snooze button if it's an early morning wake up, and you reach over, and the first thing you grab is what? That's my people. That's my people. They reach over and they grab their phone. Because apparently everything changed from when you went to sleep to when you woke up, right? The whole world shifted. Things happened. Something happened. Somebody texts you. You got somebody is up before you send in emails. I don't know why, but they are. And it's always something you weren't expecting. And you'll sit there and you'll kind of lay in bed. How many of you guys lay in bed for maybe 10, 5, 10 minutes and read? Or maybe 5, 10 minutes or more. Just go ahead and say, that's me. That's me. I know it's bad. I know it's bad. I know I shouldn't do it. I know I should wake up and just get on the side of the bed and kneel and read my scriptures and go into my spiritual place, into the house of the Lord. But I read my phone and what happened on ESPN. I know. I know. That's my people. Well, I do that. I've been doing that for a while. That's the wrong thing to do. I know this. But I get out my phone, I guess it was a few weeks ago, probably a few months ago, and I noticed that as I'm reading... I'm looking at all this stuff online, I'm just reading through stuff, reading some articles of what's going on, reading about my Tennessee volunteers. We had a big game, finally won something, was nice, leave me alone, we finally won something. Anyway, reading and all of a sudden, I notice my eyes are watering. I'm like, I mean, it's, I mean, it's a good, it was a big football win, but not worth crying about, Matt, why am I? You know, why my, my, my eyes are watering all of a sudden, I'm, I'm kind of noticing, like, I'm squinting, looking at my phone screen, and then I'm starting to feel like, man, I can't, I can't see. So then I'm reaching in, and, like, I'm putting my fingers like this on my phone, and I'm doing this little thing right here. Where are my people that have to do that on their phone? So you can see what's on the phone, and I'm, like, I'm going a little bit crazy here. And, and all of a sudden, I noticed that, like, what I was reading on my phone was consistently blurry. And I'm like, what's wrong with these websites? I mean, get it together. you got to have a focus on your screen. I don't need to be having to do this to look at the thing every time. And all of a sudden, I started realizing, well, you know, I've always had great eyesight. My dad's a 20-20 vision, no problem, airplane pilot. We all had this 20-20 vision. I could see far away. I could read things. I could read signs down the road before anybody else could. I got 20-20 vision. I don't need any help seeing anything. I got this thing covered. And my wife leans over to me and says, hey, why do you keep rubbing your eyes? I'm like, I, the websites are blurry. I said, um, I think you might need glasses. I'm like, uh, no, because I'm invincible. My name's Matt, and I'm invincible, and I don't need any help. I don't need glasses. I don't need you to tell me. I just, you just make the websites less blurry, and we'll be fine. So I went to the doctor, and this happens. Anybody turn 40, and then, like, everything changed? Dang, man. They had me cover the one eye thing, right? So you get there, and you cover, cover one eye. And I'm like, well, I don't need glasses, because I'm Matt. I got 20-20 vision. I just had a little situation the other morning for the last five months. <laughs> I've always had great vision. Plus, think about it. If you have to get glasses, they're always getting lost. They're always getting broken. You always got to have like five pair around the house because you placed them down somewhere and you lost them or something like that. Even my daughters have glasses, and we have one rule. It's like on your face or in your 
Yeah, that's the rule, right? So you to don't lose them. And even still, they get lost. They get broken. They get blurry. They're never ne- there when you really need them. And once you get used to them, apparently you can't even really see without them, right? Also, I'm a touch competitive. So I don't want to have any help to see. So I go into the doctor's office. I'm like, I got this. Come on, get this. Come on, you give me your worst. We start out with the first one. No problem. Y, L, G, B, C. And I stood up in the, in the, in the middle of the thing. The optometrist is there. I don't think she knew it hit. I was just like, what? <laughs> He's like, uh, next line, sir. I'm like, E, D, O, Y, G. Booyah. I'm feeling great. How'd I do? She's like, well, you were pretty close. All right, give me another one. Give me another one. I got this. That one, that one was moving. You were scooting it. You were moving it around on the wall. Anyway, let's try it one more time. I got this. C-O. Uh, it's either a G or a Q or maybe a C. It could also be an O. <laughs> Dang it. <laughs> That's when it hit me. I did need help. I needed to be able to see. I wasn't able to see like I wanted to see. Things weren't exactly like I wanted them to be. They were, they were blurry. They were off. They weren't fitting right. I couldn't see as well as I once did. And I realized I'm going to have to get glasses after all that. So here we are in 2020. This is like the future. If you were a kid and you ever thought about like when the future was going to happen, it was 2020. Why didn't everybody remember? That's two, we hit 2000. That was 20 years ago, y'all. Do you remember... I mean, we are as close right now as we are to 2050 as we are from 1990. Let that one sink in. Everybody say, ugh. Happy New Year. (laughs) Depending on how you count it, we just entered a new decade. Some people say we just entered a new decade. Some people like to start counting with one instead of zero so we don't actually hit the new decade until next year. But that's all right. Happy New Decade. That's when you just say Happy New Decade. (laughs) Yet I'm thinking... I wonder how many of us are rolling into 2020 and we don't feel like we have 2020 vision anymore in our own lives. Everything's been working out great, like we kind of had it all together. We had a plan, knew exactly where we were going to be, exactly how everything was going to sort of fit together, what our spiritual life was going to be like. What our diet was going to be like. Who's with me on that one? Come on. And life just got a little blurry. Didn't see it quite like we used to be able to see it. And we realized that we need a little bit of help to see again. We're going to read scripture in Matthew, Matthew 2, excuse me, Matthew 2, 1 through 12. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, During the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, Where is the one who has been born King of the Jews? We saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. Now when King Herod heard this, he was disturbed and all Jerusalem with him. When he had called together all the people's chief priests and teachers of the law, he asked them where the Messiah was to be born. In Bethlehem, in Judea, they replied. For this is what the prophet has written. But you, Bethlehem, and the land of Judah are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For out of you will come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. 
Then Herod called the Magi secretly and found out from them the exact time the star had appeared. He sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search carefully for the child. As soon as you find him, report to me, so that I too may go and worship him. I think that's how he probably said it. After they had heard the king, they went on their way. And the star they had seen, when it rose, went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. What an awesome thing. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. On coming into the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. Then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to their country by another route. This is the word of the Lord to which we say, thanks be to God. I've got three questions. I'm going to go through these three questions with you. Now, we could get stuck on a lot of things in this scripture. And I preached before about Herod and, and, you know, try to spend a little bit of time on what his whole role in this was. And, you know, it sounds like he was always just like uh, the, the sneaky little, uh, the, 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 have you ever seen uh, the uh, Jesus Christ Superstar? You guys remember that old, old thing? And the guy that played Herod, like that's, that's I always think of Herod like that. Let me know when you find him so that I may go worship him. <laughs> it's just like this perfectly maniacal kind of king guy. I always think about it. We don't want to get stuck there. I don't want to get stuck there. i got some other things I want to look at. Who were the magi and what did they want? That's question number one. Who were the magi and what did they want? Let's do a little trivia time. By the way, if you're brand new, I do full contact sermons, which means that I like talk to you and you talk back and we have a little fun together. Everybody cool with that? Say yeah. yeah. Alright, if you weren't, you probably wouldn't be here. Alright, so here we go. What do we know about the magi? Let's just uh, raise your hands and shout some things out. What you got in the back? Yes. Outsiders from the east. Someone is reading my sermon in the back. <clears throat> Last time I call on you. What else do we know? What else do we know about the Magi? Anything? Way back over here. Nate, what you know? They were a group of people. A group of people. Were there three of them? Who knows? We don't really know. We do know there were how many gifts? Three gifts. We don't know exactly how many Magi. So I'm ruining your whole Christmas narrative again. That whole song, We Three Kings of Orient are. Yeah, you got to go, we, however many kings of Orient are, and you'll be good from here on out. What else do we know about the Magi? What you got? Stargazers, astronomers. Yes, they were, they were philosophers in that way. They want to understand how it all kind of came together. Anything else that we know? Gentiles, pagan. We know that they were... Yes outsiders from the east. They came from another place. They weren't part of the group. They came as outsiders. And this matters to us because they want to see Jesus. These are people that have nothing to do with this entire thing except they've heard about it and they want to know more. They know that there's something else going on in the world and they want to be a part of it. Something that they've not been privy to yet. They are outsiders who come because they want to see Jesus. And why does this matter? This matters because look to your left and right and say, hey, you're an outsider. We are. What that means, this story in Matthew 2 it's for us. Look at him again and say, but this is for you. Second question. How'd they find him? What you got? How'd they find him, guys? That, this is the easiest question I'm going to ask. How'd they find him all together? 
They followed this star. They saw and followed a star. It says when they saw the star that they were overjoyed. It meant something was happening. It meant that this depth of what they were looking for was right in front of them, that they were going to get a chance to see something that they had never seen before and that they had always wanted to. They just happened to be born at the exact right moment. They just happened to have gone through the things in their life that got them to this exact moment that now, as an outsider, they were going to get a chance to see what the inside got to see. It was guiding them to see Jesus. And why does this matter in the story? It matters because it brings that same story, right? This story is for us. It asks the same question of us. What? What are you following? What's guiding you? Where are you looking? Where are you fixing your eyes? And where is that taking you? And how can you expect to see Jesus if you're not looking for him? Third question. Why is this story important? Anybody? This is, the, this, is the, uh, this is the fun question. You just answer it however you want. Why is this story important? Shout them out. Shows the significance of Jesus. Absolutely. Good. What else? Sir? More than Israel. The prophecies came true. The outsiders are now insiders. There's a significance to Jesus. One of the things that I think really stands out for me in this story is that Jesus is scary to people of great power. Is absolutely frightening to people of great power. They said, who is this one who is to be born king of the Jews? And then the, the current king of the Jews said, uh, what? <laughs> right? I'm going to be dethroned? Like there's going to be another somebody else that's coming along? And all of a sudden things got real. And in the entirety of Jerusalem, this whole thing was a little bit scary for them too, right? Because everything is kind of status quo. It ain't great, but King Herod is who King Herod is. But now we're going to have somebody new. That means there's going to be a great upset to our norm. This makes a lot of sense for I hope this is tracking with you all, because as we see ourselves in this story, we too kind of get scared a little bit by Jesus when we get so stuck into our norms that we think there's going to be a shift. Anybody here love change? Hmm. Upon seeing Jesus, they're called to leave their gifts at his feet. And meeting Jesus means you can't go home the same way. I get asked all the time, uh, I mean, I have great conversations with people, and, and um, this isn't breaking confidence or anything, this is just something that I hear a lot of times when I'm talking to folks, is uh, you know, why is my faith not growing? Like, where, where is the spiritual depth in my life? Like, I, I, I want it, I want to know, I want to I see more. And um, uh, the, one of my great friends uh, is now a bishop in North Carolina, Tim Smith. Uh, he talked about a story about somebody that would go to the doctor, and, uh, and, and, they, and they would say, well, well doctor, it, it hurts when I, when I do this right here, when I move my arm like this. And, he, and, and he's like, well, <clears throat> so, so when you move your arm back and forth, you find that it hurts, right? He's like, yeah, every time I do like this, it hurts. And, and, and what was the doctor's great prescription to him? Do you remember? Stop! <laughs> 
If you find that this is not helping you, that this is actually hurting, don't keep doing that thing. If you find that you're moving in a direction that's not revealing what God is doing in your life, then stop doing that thing. If you wake up in the morning like me and you read your phone instead of scripture and you wonder why you're not hearing more of God's voice in your life, stop. We ask all the time, why isn't my spiritual life depth? Why, why don't I have that, that, that deepness? Why, don't I, why does it feel so blurry all the time? trying to see what God's saying. I just don't, I'm not hearing. And the answer is continuously right in front of us in the same way that you need glasses when you can't see well anymore. We need Jesus to be able to see lives, our lives, better. Cool, pastor. <laughs> Neo, great sermon. Awesome. We need Jesus to be able to see better. Now, this is where a lot of I feel, feel like sermons could just stop, right? You need to see Jesus better. Amen. We don't often talk about how. So I'm going to throw some things out to you. <clears throat> if you were writing things down or you were going to try to think of things to say, all right, so Pastor Matt, I need some sort of something, some depth to come out of this sermon from you that I want to take into this upcoming year. This is when you run the video back and you started from right here after you go home and you're like, man, what was the things? Here's where they start. Live your life in actual prayer. Like Paul talks about, praying without ceasing. Live life in prayer. What's that look like for you? I mean, I think I've had a lot of folks that have said, well, pastor, I, I, I don't really know what kind of words to say when I pray. Fair enough. Absolutely fair enough. Completely understand it. You know what? God doesn't care how you talk. God does not care if you have fancy words. God does not care if you go to God and say, Oh, Lord, gracious God, God of wonders who never cease, God of great creation and redemption and reconciliation, we come to you. now. God doesn't care. God doesn't mind if you come to God and say, I'm upset. I don't know what to do about it. Amen. Live your life in prayer. Speak to the God that loves you. Second, be a part of a worship community. Come and be a part of this. If you're worshiping online because you can't make it here, you're a part of this community too. Engage with the people around you. Look to your left and right for just a second. I saw some of you didn't do it. Now do it this time for real. Look to your left and right. This is what it means to have a church family. The people sitting to your left and right are going to be there for you, but only on one condition, you have to let them. So many times in church and in our lives, we put up fences, don't we? We don't really want to let people in fully because if they got to see the fullness of who I am, then they might not think that I have it all together. They might not think that everything's working out great for me, and then they're going to think something bad about me, so I'm sure as heck not going to let them in. And then when all heck breaks loose in our lives, we sit there alone in our room wondering where our help is. You got the fullness of me as your pastor. I will tell you that I am not perfect. There are a number of you that have been there for me when I needed you, and I thank God for every single one of you. I hope that you will take advantage of the fact that you have a church family, not just a church home. Amen. Three. Now, this is the other side. Care for those around you. Look to those around you and think. When I ask them, hey, how are you doing? And then they actually open up and they tell you that everything is all falling apart for them, that you would actually listen and be there for them. How can I help you? 
How can I pray for you? That's one of the easiest things you can do. Everybody try it. Say, how can I pray for you? I guarantee you, you ask somebody that question, they will reveal to you the opportunities for you to be in their life. That's number three. Number four, invite others into your church life. Now, I'm not just suggesting that you invite them to church. I'm, in, I'm asking that you would invite them to your church life. Thinking about what it means for you to have that church life beyond these walls. God put people into your life into your circles because God wants you to be gospel revealers to them. That's why you still have breath in your lungs. It's to proclaim the gospel. That's why. And they're waiting for you to ask them. They're in your lives right now. You could probably even picture some of them. They're waiting for you. And then the last one, and it's probably my favorite, Sing with your whole mind, heart, soul, and body. And I don't just mean in worship. Absolutely in worship. Let God have it. God doesn't care if you can't carry a tune in a bucket. God doesn't care. God built you the way God built you, so bring forth your greatest praise and honor to God. But I'm not just talking about in worship. I'm talking about all the time. Who cares what people think about you? Who cares? Worship your God in public all the time. Talk about the Lord's work in your life. Talk about how God is doing things in your life. And don't be ashamed that that's a weird thing. Because you know what's going to happen? You're going to talk to somebody about this amazing thing that happened and how the Lord moved you in your life. And you know what they're going to say? I had no idea you were a believer. I'm so glad to know that I can tell you about what the Lord's going on in my life. And then guess what happens? It starts to build and those relationships deepen, and all of a sudden you start seeing Jesus way beyond these walls because the Lord is not just active in this concrete. Amen? The Magi came to see Jesus. They weren't coming to see like a meteor shower. They wanted something more, some kind of depth. Brothers and sisters, in your life, there are people that want to see something more. They have heard that there's something about this Jesus. And you may be the only scripture that they read. That's why you still have breath in your lungs. Because your opportunity and calling to share the good news isn't done yet. And when we see life through Jesus... When those are the lenses through which we look at the rest of the world, it's a lot less blurry. It's life-changing stuff. And just like these magi, it changes their direction. They can't go back to the norms. Everything gets shifted. Feet become unstuck. We're able to move when we didn't think we could move. We're able to see new light in places that we thought were only darkness. We're able to see change and growth and depth. And all of a sudden, you start to have that realization that God is real, that God is moving, that there is grace enough for me, that those things that I did, I don't have to let, I don't have to let them hold on to me anymore. I can let them go. The places where we left things undone no longer count in our lives, that God moves us forward, that God takes hold of us, 
us changes us so much so that we can't go home, back to the norm, back to what was anymore. We have to go in a completely new direction. And that's a beautiful and wonderful thing. So maybe today, maybe today, brothers and sisters, you were feeling like life was a little bit blurry, that your eyes were getting tired, that you hit 40 years old in your spiritual life. And things have changed where you don't see things the way you used to. Maybe life hits you hard. Maybe things didn't go the way that you wanted them to go. Maybe you feel like you got pushed aside so that others could thrive. And then they left you in the dust. Today is the day that you see again. Our God is a good God constant source of vision, one who walks with us, lives amongst us, carries our burdens. Today, let Jesus be the lenses through which you see life, through which you see the people around you. Don't let 2020 just be a year, but every time you write that down, I want you to think about how you see Jesus in that moment. In that day, every time you see that date, ask the question, God, how am I going to see you today? Where am I going to hear about you in the mouths of others? Where am I going to see you in the actions that you call me to? Let the Lord be your guide. Oh, and here's the best part. <laughs> Jesus won't break. Jesus won't get blurry on you. Jesus won't get misplaced. But there is one similarity. <laughs> Jesus will change the way you see. And when you take those glasses off and you try to put Jesus off to the side, you're going to notice a difference. It's going to change the way you see the world. But the good news is Jesus will never ever leave you. Not now, not ever. Jesus will always be there when you need him. And once you start to see through Jesus' lenses every day, you kind of realize that you don't want to see life any other way. Jesus changes us, and we can't go back home. We can't go back to the norm the same way ever again. So this new year, you ready, church? This new year, May your vision be 2020. May your vision be Jesus. Let's pray. Good and gracious God, we give you thanks this day for being our wisdom, our strength, our vision. That when we see life through you, everything changes. So God, give us strength to admit, <laughs> to admit that we can't do it without you. Give us wisdom, God, to realize that we need your help. And give us enough humility, God, to be willing to walk a different way home. stirs up within us, God, we pray that you would bring us a peace 
that when those changes come and we can't help but see life in a whole different way, Lord, that you would bring your peace, that you would calm the storms, that you would make it well within us. <laughs> For you, O oh God, are life and light, true wisdom, true vision. We give you thanks and praise this day. We pray all this in the name of your risen Son, our Lord, our Savior, Jesus Christ, and all of God's children say. All right, I hope that was helpful. If so, I ask you a couple of things. One, share this with a friend so that they can hear some good news in their life too. And if you want to continue that impact beyond, we ask that you go to ChristSouth.org to the online giving tab and give to this ministry so that we can continue to share this with others. We'll see you on the next podcast or maybe in person at 10 a.m. on Sunday mornings at Polo Ridge Elementary in Charlotte, North Carolina. Blessings and peace. Have an awesome week.